SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhez Omapete on SAFM. The land question again visits us in probably the most inhumane and disgusting way we have yet seen in this country. Talk to us about the video that's doing the rounds on social media, what it is that you think of that as the Socioeconomic Rights Institute. Good evening, Edward. Uh, Good evening, Sanya, and good evening to your listeners. I've asked a question. Edward, are you there? Sorry, I, I, I couldn't hear you. Now, the question is, what do you think of that video, which is the premise upon which we are now having this conversation? Oh, correct. So, so sorry. Um, I mean, look, we what we are seeing now is that evictions in South Africa are becoming a lot more violent, more brutal, um, have the utmost disregard for people's um, dignity and privacy. And what, we, what we've what we just seen um, with the video doing the rounds is exactly that, that there simply is no regard for people's um, dignity and privacy, which is something that we have been raising for quite some time now. On, on that point, good evening to you and a welcome to the show and thank you so much for your time, Mr. Stan Henkeman, the ED at the Institute for Justice and Reconciliation. Before we get into the justice and reconciliation aspects of what needs to be done in response to what we have seen, this does bring into stark focus again, fortunately or unfortunately, the question of land in this country, spatial planning in particularly around your metropolitan areas. So give us some preliminary thoughts, please, from the Institute for Justice and Reconciliation. I beg your pardon. Um, it seems as though Stan is not available. I beg your pardon for that. Edward, let's carry on because, I mean, this is clearly a land question. This is another conversation starter in this country. The brutality by which we saw it is obviously that of vulnerable African persons in this case. I mean, a man cannot be more vulnerable than to be naked against what an army of five or six police officers in the community. The indignity of that has to, of course, hasten the debates around land and how effective the land question in this country ought to be tackled and to the extent possible settled. Your thoughts on that, Edward? Yeah, I mean, correct. Um, we also, I mean, when we think about evictions and forced removals in South Africa, we also have to put them in context of where we come from as a country and our history. That we do come from a history of um, apartheid and forced removals, where the vast majority of the population were not allowed to have ownership of land and were limited in terms of the kind of tenure that they had and relationship to the land. And so evictions that take place even currently um, in many ways um, reflective of that history and perpetuating what you spoke about. I mean, I think the spatial um, injustices that, that we face as a country that many black people are being driven far away from um, work opportunities and um, employment opportunities because people are simply trying to find a home 
and also trying to find homes that are closer to work opportunities. And um, in many cases, we are seeing municipalities across the country um, making efforts to prevent people from doing so. This is the second instance we are seeing evictions in this lockdown. We saw it earlier on with the city of Johannesburg. We are seeing it now with the city of Cape Town. Why is this happening? Why are metros, for whatever reason, of the view they are above the law or operate outside the law as has been in operation because of the national disaster? Everybody knows the regulations as it pertains to evictions. But why are we seeing the administrative capital of, I mean, the judicial, the legislative capital, Cape Town, and the economic capital, Johannesburg, acting outside the ambit of the laws of this country? I mean, it's just an unfortunate state of, 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 of events and where we are. I mean, I think as, as a country that we are seeing that there is a blatant disregard of people's lives, um, a blatant disregard of their dignity. And unfortunately, this is done by the very municipalities who are supposed to be upholding those values and upholding the rule of law. So essentially, what we are seeing is that um, our municipalities have gone have gone vote, uh, rogue, and they are blatantly disregarding the law. And um, yeah, I mean, it's something that I mean. Today, we've actually just released a statement um, calling on the Minister of Human Settlements to act on 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 these evictions and to take on a more broad approach on how we are supposed to be um, protecting people in this lockdown. We are in conversation with Mr. Edward Molobi, who is the Research and Advocacy Officer at the Social Economic Rights Institute of South Africa. And of course, we have to talk about the statement that they have forwarded through to Minister Sisulu in relation to what we have all seen, for the most part, very shockingly seen, in relation to how the city of Cape Town's Metro Police were evicting a naked man from his home, and they proceeded to demolish that man's home whilst he was outside standing naked. That matter, as we saw it, is laden with so many issues, a lot of which remind us of what this country was all about before 1994. Of course, it's only happening in 2020, 26 years into our democratic dispensation, and the conversation can only get deeper on that. So after the break, we'll continue the conversation. Please stay tuned. Otherwise, do give us a call, 0891-104-207. We more than welcome your calls as we do your voice notes on 0614-104-107. This is The Viewpoint. Songas on my bed, the returns after the break. Nothing conventional on The Viewpoint. Call Songas on now. 0891-104-207. Indeed, nothing conventional about the, view, the Viewpoint except to say I'm broadcasting from home for reasons I told you yesterday. I'm self-isolating. I'm not sick. I'm feeling absolutely fine. It's just that a person or two that I have come into contact with they themselves have since tested positive. So out of precautionary measures, I'm staying away from my colleagues and I'm trying to be a good, responsible citizen. The show continues, of course, with the inhumane evictions that we have recently seen in Cape Town, but we saw earlier on in the city of Johannesburg, Mr. Edward Mulobi, who is the
the Research and Advocacy Officer at SERI, Socioeconomic Rights Institute, has so far given us his thoughts. I'm going to talk about the statement that SERI has issued to the relevant Minister, Lindo Asasuli, in relation to that. And we are now also joined by Mr. Stan Henkeman, who is the Executive Director at the Institute for Justice and Reconciliation. Good evening, Stan. Thanks so much for your time. We appreciate your joining us. And let's start with the Constitution. What does the Constitution say about evictions, the process by which, at least in terms of the spirit of the Constitution, evictions ought to be conducted? And then we can talk about the regulations and the fact that the regulations are specific and express in saying no evictions. Yet, despite all of that, we have had evictions of the kind we saw yesterday. Your thoughts on that? Good evening, Stan. Hi there. Was that question for me? Yes, for Stan. Um, I think our constitution is very clear. Our constitution is um, geared towards protecting and upholding the rights of of every individual in this country. And and amongst these rights are the right to dignity, um, the right to 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 have a a meaningful life um, in in all respects and so um, so that so the constitution guarantees these, these rights to, 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 to every citizen but the fact of the matter is that you know there are laws governing governing the country and 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 you know some of these laws obviously also re- uh, relate to the right to property and 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 so forth but when when you have a situation as we have uh, at present in Cape Town and 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 what has been going on in the in the country for the for the last number of years, post-apartheid and of course pre-apartheid, that was a normal thing. Um, you find that that you know the right of the individual to a decent life um, is 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 something that often clashes with other rights. Now, now, when when it's the right of another individual who owns a property, uh, one can one can understand that that they need, that there needs to be some settlement there. But in this particular case in Cape Town, the property or the land uh, in question belonged to the city. Now, now, if you think about it, um, uh, if you say the land belongs to the city or to the, to the municipality or the province or the, or the national government, then it simply means it is public property, public land. And so I, I think that, that we're missing something here from the side of, 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 of uh, the people who govern us uh, in terms of you know, how harsh they are towards people who occupy land uh, uh, that belong to, to, to in this case, the city, and and on top of that, what one also has to 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 take into account that we have been given an undertaking by our government that there will be no eviction during this time of lockdown, and, so and yet it happened. So it has not happened, and this is the thing. This is where the, the you know we have a complete breakdown um, of of trust between the citizenry and the authorities because you know. Um, you're talking about, you know, a, a local government breaking the word of that that was given to us, but also the callousness and the, the inhumane way in which it was done, you know, 
further speaks to something much deeper than upholding the law. It speaks to how poor people, the marginalized, is perceived by those who, who, who govern us. And in this case, it's the city of Cape Town. Whether it's in Cape Town or Johannesburg or wherever, um, you know, this, this, this incident is not just about an eviction. It is, it is, it is about how people are perceived by, uh, by the authorities. And of course, if you think about how it was done, you know, I mean, talk about the right to dignity. I mean, that, that was completely uh, thrown out of the window. And here was a man, you know, in, in, in the eyes of the whole world, because the whole thing was phone, you know, being degraded to the level of an animal. And, and, and that says a lot to us about where the sentiments and the feelings of our authorities are towards people mm, in our country, mm. but particularly the poor and the marginalized. It's a serious indictment. It represents the worst of this society where we saw what we saw. I cannot think of anything that strips any person's dignity more than being naked in public at the hands of the nation's security apparatus with people watching and filming. Think of something worse than that and I'd be sure to have your thoughts. For now, let's talk about thoughts from the public. Let's go to our very, very loyal caller and listener, Mr. KGM in Rustenburg now and Tango after him in Peter Marisburg. KGM, good evening. Thanks for joining us. Good evening, Songa. So good evening to your guests and to the listeners. Indeed. Um, Songa, look, I, I'm asking myself a question as to whether we, we always have to wait for incidents like this for mm. us to show citizenry that cares about itself. Um, does it have to take this brutalism by the state to realize that we are actually treated like people without dignity, um, naked or not? abused or not mm. does it mean if the state uh, refuses to heed the call of the people in as far as the land issue is concerned if they do it with our clothes on and without them pulling us out of our, our homes mm. is, it, is it better is it dignified now the reason why the state in my humble view goes to this extent is because they have exhausted all the disregardness uh, of, of them as the state to us as people, and they see nothing wrong in this. My parting shot. Mm. Apart from the reactions that are there, where is the response from the powers that be? This is a matter where the president has to come and say, yeah. I, I, as the president of the country, without any hesitation, without waiting for any investigation whatsoever, because there's very sure. little that needs to be investigated to see that this is total brutality. Now, mm. I, I ask that question, what does it take for us as a people to care for ourselves? Got you loud and clear. Thank you so much. Pertinent questions that hopefully will be engaged by Edward and Stan, who are our guests from SERI and the IJR. Let's go to Peter Marisburg. Tango, you're on the line. Good evening. Thanks for calling. Hola, hola, Sankeso. How are you, my brother? I'm well, sir. How are you? Great, great. You know, I'm actually thinking that this is apartheid in the past. 
Okay, so 26 years now, and this is how the people are being treated. And to start off with, the government has been promising the people that they're going to get housing. There's still people living in squatter camps. There's still people that's, that's, that's poor, don't have no work at all. And you know one thing I noticed as well, and I'm not being racist, but I mean a footing on that I noticed something, that the white people, the colored people, and the Indian people are the people who are giving the people food. But there are so many rich blacks, blacks, African, as an African I'm talking about, that we don't find them ever. We don't find them ever in the areas where uh, the matters were quite a big place. We don't find anybody ever giving anybody food parcels or food. It's only these three that are always doing it. Now, we're going back to the government. They said that they were going to give people food parcels and so on. After today, no one has received the food parcels. Every day we get people phoning in and say, talking about the, that, that, that amount that they were supposed to get and so on and so on. I think the public protector must come in here and investigate. And we would like to hear results. And you know what? The best thing I think about is that if our government cannot run this country, then I think the next party should take it over and the people should stop complaining but vote the next party into it. Fantastic. Appreciate your comments. Thanks there, Tango. A lot of speculative aspects that you were raising. I'm not so sure all of them are entirely accurate. I nonetheless reserve your rights for the ability to express things as you see them. And we're going to engage a lot of those aspects. KZN, still anonymous. Good evening. We appreciate your calling. Good evening to you, Sangeso. I just want to know, and to your guest as well, I just want to know how trained are these officers? Because year in and year out, we have some occurrence that concerns either the SAPs or either Metro Police or either SADF or someone. How trained are they? Who puts these officers on the test before they go mm. out on the field? You know, when are they going to be good Samaritans? When are they going to learn? Where are the heads of department of the police or metro police or, or these heads of department? Mm. You know, mm. we need to know, uh, you know, how trained, because they only go for one year of training. They don't know everything. You know, they don't know everything. They go on the field sometimes. They go drinking the shibin before they go on the field for their behavior to be such. You know, you, nobody's monitoring the officers that are going. Who's breathalyzed? Uh, who's, who's testing their breathalyzers, their uh, breaths, when they're going on the field? Because they go to the, uh, um, all these um, taverns, they have a shot, then they go on um, to take action. Then their heads get very hot, they can't take action. They, they don't know how to understand a situation. They're very frustrating. Thank you. Sorry about what It's incredibly frustrating. Statement. We appreciate that. We appreciate your comments. We appreciate the emotions, I suppose. I mean, this is not a time to be sober and to be polite about some of the issues that we are seeing on national television. It is offensive. It's, it's offensive at a human level, and it's especially offensive in a South African context, given the fact that we have the checkered past as a society we have, both in terms of interracial relations as well as relations between civic organizations, the communities, and the security forces in particular. And perhaps this is a, a further discussion in terms of the relationship between South Africans and their security forces at large. This is not new. KGM is absolutely right. Seri has been fighting these cases before. Edward, I'm going to bring you back now because some of what the first caller has raised is, at what point, at what point will there be a massive 
agitation towards proper reform. Did it take for this video? Are we just going to wait it out as we did with the community of Gogodela? Wait a couple of weeks. Nobody's going to talk about it again. And then life, open, close quote, goes on. What does it take for there to be a real, true and structural reform, including what KGM referred to as the seemingly indifference of those who are in leadership, which a point was corroborated by the last caller anonymous in terms of where are these leaders when they are needed most? I mean, if they see this and they do and say nothing, when else will they do or say something? Yeah, I mean, I think the problem with being reactionary is is, is precisely that, that you are only steered to action when there is an, an action such as this one, which, I mean, of course, does call us to act, but um, we need to be a little more proactive and programmatic in how we respond to the issue of housing and lack of housing in the country. That we know that a vast majority of people in the country still need access to housing. And insofar as people don't have adequate housing and they are living in unlawful occupation and that is not solved, that we are going to be seeing um, evictions take place um, in, 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 in the manner that they are taking place. So, I mean, so mm. firstly, we do need to look at programs that seek to ensure that people um, have housing that is adequate for the conditions that they are in and, and is a suitable um, accommodation. So I think that's the first thing. Once we can solve and the problem of housing, um, and lack of adequate housing in, in the country, then we are a step closer to doing away with evictions. And then, I mean, I think then secondly, we need to hold people accountable for actions that they take um, insofar as disregarding, blatantly disregarding um, the law in, in, in this way. Because, I mean, the Constitution is quite clear when it comes to issues of um, housing and who has access to adequate housing. And the answer to that is everybody has um, the right of access to adequate housing. And the state has the um, responsibility to ensure that that is Mm -hmm. met. Um, Fantastic. And and they need to ensure that through their programs and through policies that they implement that. Let me go to Mokopane. Selo is our last caller this evening. He wants to contribute because I'm interested in what he has to say before I come back to you, Stan. Everybody stay on the line. The inhumane evictions in the Republic of South Africa conversation with Edward Molapi as well as Stan Henkeman. Good evening, Selo. Thank you, Tanga. Thank you for taking Moko. Look, um, I, I, I will say in, in a very respectful manner to say we have useless leadership in this country across the board. So, and uh, it is a shame that we are talking about this incident, like you said, it's going to blow over within two weeks or so. These things happen in Jobat. It dies in less than two weeks or later. Now it comes to Cape Town, and then we're going to talk about it. It's going to die again, and then we wait for another incident to to happen, Songezo, and the listeners. And then we're going to come back here and talk about the same thing for more than 25 years in a democratical country, in brackets, Songezo. So in, 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 the whole situation, 
um, between uh, 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 leaders that uh, they don't care or I, I, I don't have a, a good way to describe them. But like I said, when I talk to you, they are useless. That, 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 that's the better way to say something. Because yeah. these people, you know, it, it is, it, it, I, this thing is not going to stop Sangaza until we have mm. a better leadership in the coming next, I don't know when, but I'm praying for leadership in this country because we have none. Thank you, Bud. Thank you very, very much. Let's have a couple of voice notes Thank in you. relation to this. Two I voice notes, please, Finis. Sangaza, uh, it is so sad what is happening here. Our leaders failed to negotiate the issue of land. I don't know why they rushed us to go and, and make a cross and vote for, for, for new leadership. We should have discussed this issue of land in detail. Instead, our leaders took free shares, they took monies, they were built mansions, and all these things failing us as black people. Why was lending not discussed in detail? Why do we have to change it later on now? Why? Sangeza, it's Aubrey from Cape Town. Um, I think one needs to, uh, um, I'm talking about this incident here in Cape Town, I'm staying in Cape Town. Um, these law enforcement officials, besides them being um, suspended, that's not enough. What took them there in the first place? Somewhere in an operational room, a decision was taken to go to that place. And uh, we need to get to those decision makers that deployed those officers there. Because what was their mandate? What were they instructed to go and do there? Um, yeah, uh, we will more than make the plea, please, for voice notes to come right. No noise in the background. We can't have two conversations while struggling struggling to hear one voice. Unfortunately, we had to cut that voice. If we have to do that every single time in relation to voice notes, that's what we will have to do. It is very difficult. It is incredibly difficult, especially in the circumstances by which we now have to voice, um, I mean, have to engage this broadcast. Sherwin D. Peters, good evening, Songhezo. That's disgusting video during Mandela Month is an indictment on the government for not adequately housing poor people on their own land, an indictment on our law enforcement in its disregard for basic human dignity. In 30 seconds, how might you summarize things for us, please, Stan? We really are short for time. 30 seconds. Okay, so, so, so what, what, we, what we are talking about, and one of the callers sounded up beautiful in saying we're going to talk about this again, because what we're doing, we, every time we're responding to the manifestation of this kind of brutality, evictions, and so forth, what needs to happen is, is yes, an intervention at a systemic level, and, and, and in Cape Town, you know, these guys are suspended, but that's not enough. I think we have to go back to how people are trained um, and, and even before the training happens, how they are recruited. It seems. So, so you're, not look, you're, you're not only looking for qualifications, but you're also looking for people who are emotionally intelligent. In other words, they are able to manage themselves and then also manage other people. And that's part of the problem. A lot of our law enforcement people are not even able to manage their own lives manage themselves, let mm. alone managing other people. And that's why we see this kind of thing that's happening. And really, it is critical that we, in a training, 
focus on how to deal with people, how to negotiate, how to do conflict resolution, how to analyze the conflict situation so that you don't respond in the way that we see here. You know, what should have happened with, with, uh, 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 with this gentleman was that somebody, one of those officers, would have, should have said, look, this is why we are here. Uh, will you get dressed? Can we talk about this? But because of a lack of proper training, we see this kind of thing. And unless Let's leave it there, Stan. Let's leave it there. I do appreciate the fact that we are under tremendous pressure. We appreciate your thoughts. But I think essentially... The aspects of Cordessa and their inability to finalize the land question, the chickens are certainly coming home to roost on that particular front. But worse, the leadership crisis, one after the other, and the personnel who simply do not know how to hold their own where they are required constitutionally to protect the most vulnerable. It seems as though it's... Yeah, it's a long way to go. Let's continue the conversation after the break. National Drug Master Plan.